0: (laughs) we're getting a voice
1: okay so this is nikki larkin noah kietzamaki we're all absolutely devastated that there's no for the many podcast this weekend, but we are going to make the most of it because we've come together to have a super fan chat. So we, um, Noah, where were you when you heard that Ian and Jackie have been corrupted?
2: I was on the train home from Waterloo. I've been in central London for the day, meeting up with some people, looking around Oxford Circus, doing a bit of exploring. And actually, I was on the train and I saw a message from you, Nikki, saying there was no podcast. And I knew, obviously, which podcast you were referring to because there could only be one. Only one. Only one. But initially, I thought you just meant, oh, the podcast has been delayed or it's going to be put out a bit later. It's not going out on its usual Saturday afternoon spot. Um, But then I saw on the official for the many podcast, Twitter page itself, that they were so very sorry that there would be no podcast at all. And I was just my train home was slightly delayed it was very dark outside I was just slumped in my sleep seat feeling uh immensely gloomy and sad and this is just oh. this is an unprecedented event
1: well no, I know I know in all the years I've I've not they haven't this hasn't happened before
2: has it I'm surprised it wasn't top of the you know 10 o'clock news it's just <laughs> that that level of severity at least on the LBC news precisely
1: So Mackie, um, you're traveling around at the moment. Where were you when you heard the news? And uh, apologies, there is going to be problems with sound. We are just super fans. We're amateurs, apart from the lovely Noah who is a proper journalist. But um, uh, Mackie is traveling around the world. Where are you? You are our foreign correspondent today. Where are you and where did you hear the news and what happened?
0: Well, I'll set the scene. I'm currently in um, the old courts of the Medina in Marrakesh in Morocco. So um, I'd let everybody know my signal may be interrupted. Um, I am currently tethering off the phone of the man who owns the Riyadh next door to where I am, basically. So every time he walks away... Um, my signal disappears, so I have to keep going back. So, yeah, it's um, got a little bit shaky now,
1: but. Slight it's...
0: disclaimer. Yeah. Uh, the one. I... Oh, is, yeah. Uh... Mackie, you've got a bit funny, oh, bit shaky again,
1: but we'll come
0: back to you in a moment, Mackie. Running, so, for all the. Um uh, I didn't pay it to do that
1: Mackie I, I've been I've had to be bossing it and put you on mute because we could not hear that at all but we, we heard the beginning um, bit which was fabulous yes, was, we will uh, come back to you in a second uh, in. Um, so uh, I was, I, was <laughs> I wasn't very exciting I was just on my sofa um, I can't remember what I was watching now I think I was watching some Christmas film um, and and of course, yeah, I had to get back onto my WhatsApp group with Noah and Mackie to share the news. Um, and of course, you know, how do we feel the weekend? So that is our next question that we're going to try and answer for everybody. So for those, for the many fans, fans that uh, put the whole weekend around this pod, um what
2: are you how can we fill the hole well <laughs> a bit like for the many there well I mean there is always I think there would be the option they, they suggested going back to listen to a random old episode I, th- I think that can be something worthwhile to do particularly one from 2018 which if you remember would have been at the height of all the Brexit negotiations Theresa May was prime minister Queen Elizabeth was still on the fro- throne Jeremy Corbyn I yeah, Jeremy Corbyn was um, leader of the opposition and could have very much uh, seen as a potential future prime minister. And it's amazing that was only just four years ago. I hadn't even gone to university then. As I say, we were still inside the European Union. So I think seeing how you know different the podcast may have been, but also how similar it would have been as well, because so much of the podcast has been about its continuity over the five years and actually... Um, and Jackie being there, the usual selves they are today back then so I think that could be something worth doing and particularly as those episodes of 2018 were slightly shorter as well compared to the sort of two hour episodes that we, we got I think from the start of the first lockdown
1: Absolutely so we've just lost Mackie hopefully Mackie's going to come back on uh, Noah what he's asked us to do um, is just turn our cameras off because that hopefully will help um, And so, yeah, I've just got to work out where that is on here. Stop video. There we go. So hopefully Mackie will be back to us in a minute. But absolutely, that is a great idea. There is such a huge back catalogue now. Uh, I particularly would go back to Wednesday episodes from during the pandemic because they were particularly hilarious. Um, uh, So I'll do that. Also, we were saying before when we were just doing a tiny little bit of prep, we said... You know there's always the opportunity to go through uh Ian's website choose your merchandise crisp uh, Christmas presents um I'm using my I've, I needed to channel Jackie and Ian so I'm using my full many pod, pod mug um also of course there's all the books that Ian writes there's stacks and stacks of them that he edits so you know there's plenty of reading you can do plenty of podcasts there are Ian's other podcasts as well so there's lots and lots of other things and of course you can talk to your lovely for the many friends like what we're doing so um, we're going to just go through just uh, you know we are obviously nothing like the wonderful Ian and beautiful Jackie but we are just going to go through um a few sort of highlights or not highlights but a few main topics of the week um which our professional journalist noah has selected um so noah um the first one that you suggested was that we have a quick chat regarding the supreme court ruling re scotland so um just tell me why you thought that was it well well remind us why it's so important
2: well, I think we have to remember that the three of us, were all based in the UK and meant to live in the United Kingdom. But obviously, over the last few years, the idea of being united has been immensely challenged, not least since 2007, when we've had the Scottish National Party um, in charge at, at Holyrood in Scotland. and Of course, their main aim, the founding aim of their party, is to achieve an independent Scotland that's separate from the United Kingdom. Now, since the failure of the SNP to win independence in 2014, they've been working out how they can try and, do it again, you know, even though it was called a once-in-a-generation referendum, and um, they want that chance to be able to have Scotland be independent. Um, and this week the Supreme Court ruled that the Scottish Government, the Scottish Parliament couldn't itself unilaterally you know, decide to hold a Scottish uh, a Scottish independence referendum. The consent of the Westminster government was required, um, because holding a referendum of that nature was seen as it's seen as a reserve power, and basically reserve powers are those that haven't been devolved to the Scottish Parliament. And so when the 2014 independence referendum was held, that was after. David Cameron and the then First Minister Alex Salmond uh, had signed the Edinburgh Agreement which allowed a, a referendum to take place. So essentially I think it's fascinating uh, because it shows that Nicola Sturgeon, the current First Minister of Scotland will not be able to just uh, hold a referendum as she likes, at least not a referendum that's seen as legal and internationally recognised uh, and that's what Sturgeon would want uh, because that would give her sort of more of authority to negotiate an independent Scotland. So therefore the future strategy of the SNP and their priorities as a government um, are going to be uh, fascinating to watch, given that I think they have been dealt a blow by the Supreme Court ruling.
1: Absolutely, because it was always the intention that this was going to be a once-in-the-generation vote. So it did seem bizarre what we're just supposed to keep having a vote until until the SNP got the vote that they wanted, um, regardless of it. It's just impractical, whoever signed, to just keep on having elections um for you know it, well, referendum votes for it um mackie i'm sure you've got uh strong views either way on this what what is, what were your thoughts regarding the ruling this week regarding um the scottish vote because mackie hopefully things crossed is back and can hear us again
2: I think he's connecting to audio.
1: Okay, so we'll we'll just do a filler. Oh no, he's gone again. So, you know, it's it's not easy. It's not easy having a foreign correspondent, is it, Noah?
2: I mean, it makes <laughs> us I probably shouldn't mention the <laughs> name of another podcast on a podcast that's celebrating the For the Many podcast, but I will given that they, they do it themselves. But um the rest is politics, which is co-hosted by Alistair Campbell and Rory Stewart often involves both Campbell and Stewart being all over the world and it's amazing how they um, manage to do it and I wonder how much behind the scenes goes into trying to make sure the tech is working before they even have their, their political discussions so it's, oh. it's applicable for any podcast that can record remotely I, I salute it.
1: I suspect they're in very expensive hotels that have impeccable broadband or Wi-Fi or whatever so, um, you know but anyway I'm sure Mackie will try and join us when, when, when he can. My only... Th- I, mean, I mean, I'm not the, the political, um, uh, knowledgeable people like you and, and Mackie, but, you know, I always have an opinion on everything, obviously. My, my just thought was, I just don't like how uh these sorts of questions are trying to be tacked to other elections. It's like saying... After the Brexit vote, the next election was another Brexit vote, and it wasn't. You know, people were voting about a whole myriad of different, different subjects. What people were voting about, it wasn't a be, being. Uh, yes, we want Brexit or not Brexit vote. Brexit vote had already happened. It's about you know there's all sorts of different things people vote for. So I really don't like trying to tack on these things you know it um we've had a referendum you know uh with pro fort they had one with brexit we had one you know I think all of us are Ramonas but um you know that that's what we've now got to live with until um hopefully at some stage somebody will be some party will be brave enough to want to to do some sort of bit more enhanced terms with the European Union again but I don't see that happening any very time soon yeah um, hmm. so Noah I think, I think we'll go on to the next subject hopefully lovely Mackie because Mackie is so full of wise wisdom and in interesting things um, so hopefully he'll come back. Oh he's now talking about that he's going to try going to a different hotel. He'll he'll probably be back by the time we do our wrap up because we're only trying to do a little short thing today. Um, But anyway, um we have we have our WhatsApp updates for Mackie that he's trying trying to drive around. Oh bless him, poor Mackie. Anyway, uh, the next next topic that you wanted to select, um, Noah, was that you thought was um, a topic that sh- should be discussed um, was the net immigration figures, which were extremely interesting this week.
2: Yes, yeah, so they were released this week and showed net immigration was over half a million, uh, which was seen as one of you know the highest levels um, of recent years, and a large portion of that was. Uh, overseas students coming to study uh, in universities. Uh, but it was also lots of people g- being given uh, work visas as well. Um, and I think part part of the big increase would have been um, based on a sort of COVID delay. So clearly, net immigration would probably have been much lower in years where you know countries were affected by the pandemic, as there were your opportunities to move around and even go abroad. And so particularly with students that may have postponed their education, this will sort of be a catch-up period. And generally it was sort of greeted uh, in the news, not with particular positive particular um, levels of positivity by the government, you know. Rishi Sunaka said he might try and limit the number of foreign students that are able to study at universities. Uh, those that saw Brexit is about uh, a chance to lower immigration and uh, won't be best pleased. I'd say I'm more positive about it, particularly those that are uh, coming to study in universities. I think it should be seen as a sign of events, uh, pride and, and privilege that people see the UK as a beacon for world-class education. And also Absolutely. more generally... Let,
1: let's just focus on that, the, the students a moment, because what on earth is the downside of students coming over one they pay tuition fees and they pay much higher tuition fees than uk students secondly they're paying into the economy for you know rent and food etc and entertainment probably so it it's it just it that's you know that's import gdp it improves the figures I don't, I just don't understand why you'd want to reduce it when it's a great source of income for the universities. It's a proud thing that people are wanting to come to our universities because so many of them are amazing. Um, and also I believe that one of the statistics was that the, the, it wasn't even as if, you know, lots of the, it's only a minority of the uh, foreign students that actually then stay on um which actually i think is a shame because you know as an employer people are uh, employers are you know are, are finding it so difficult to recruit there's still in lots of areas there's still really high employment you know there's almost full employment in some areas so we need more people we need more people with skills etc so i i just find it all completely bizarre um why anyone would want to reduce those numbers and mackie i think you are back it's the return of the mac (laughs)
0: return of the mac (laughs) Um, I actually thought, for, uh, when I rejoined the call just then, that I was a new, um, amateurs doing a very professional job indeed. So uh, yes, I am back. I am in the old quarter of uh, Marrakesh, um, having terrible internet difficulty, but I think I've solved it now. So I hope you can hear me loud and clear.
1: Yes, we can, Mackie. Really pleased that you're back with us. So we were just talking about the immigration figures um we're just saying about we just don't understand why anyone would want to reduce uh number of foreign students coming in um and also if we're going back to the total figures they're still much lower than lots of our neighbors anyway so it's it's crazy uh although i mean it's just going to our leveling up subject in a moment as well about housing yes there are problems with housing, et cetera, but we still do need more people in lots of different ways, you know. So, I don't know, what, what are your thoughts about the immigration figures that came in, uh, that we saw this week, Mackie? Well, when I saw the
0: from from uh, Rishi Sunak saying that uh, the first thing, the only conclusion I
1: Uh-oh. It's really weird, Mackie. It's a little bit wobbly. Then you start, we can hear you really, really well, and then you just went on silent, Um, which is oh, a shame. Oh, try, try again, Mackie. <laughs> try again. See, everyone's going to be delighted to have Jackie and Ian back, you know, because... They've got their washing machines and their yogurt, but you know it you know, at least you can hear them. <laughs> it almost sounds like you're crying on there, which oh no, Mackie. Noah, do you want to pick it up a minute?
2: yeah i think it's uh, really fascinating yeah the, the arguments that are going to be taking place on immigration in the future um ooh.
1: i know paul mackie is still obviously trying to tell us something and he's always to, of such clever things
2: we want to hear his insight i know um, i it's
1: know inter- it's so
2: it's, sad it's interesting It's all the perspective keir star was taking on immigration um where he said we sort of had to end our alliance on, on immigration for employment and it mirrored something that Gordon Brown has said as Labour leader, you know, it was like British jobs, British workers, the statement that was condemned at the time, but Keir Starman doing something not too dissimilar um, at the CBI, and I think you can make the argument for wanting to train both more uh, people domestically, but then also celebrating those that want to come here from internationally, and actually when we talk about immigration, a lot of the discussion is on uh, refugees, asylum seekers, those that are fleeing war, but I think there's Also, be a support for helping those that are just, uh, well, not just, but those that are economic migrants. uh, Because I think wanting to improve one's own life, uh, you know, make oneself and one's family more prosperous. Is a perfectly rational thing to do, and I think those that have got the courage um, to, you know, use their freedom to perhaps move halfway around the world without any kind of certainty that it's going to pay off, I think, is a an immensely courageous thing to do. As so that's why I think that these uh, statistics I am sort of broadly very positive about both about the um, students that coming here to study, but also those that say are on work visas as well. No,
1: absolutely, and I, I as I've mentioned this before to y- you guys and others, I feel so uncomfortable about um the the stigmatism that's put on people that are trying to come over and the thought about them being shipped off to Orlando etc. you know you had Oswella Braveman this week was it this week or was it last week? but about she was in front of one of the committees um, and she was asked the question about if you were, it, in fact, it was a it was a conservative MP, it escapes me which one now, but it was a conservative MP that asked her, if you were a 16 year old boy living in an East African country, trying to escape war or whatever you're trying to escape, what would the legal route be to come to the uk and she couldn't answer it and that that's the whole point um and jackie actually talked about mentioned it on um, good morning britain this week as well so i did catch up on that that's another thing you can catch up on this week if uh, with missing the pod you can watch jackie was on thursday morning and jackie Andy and ian were on good morning britain um friday morning so you can watch that and catch up um but uh she you know that it, it just does seem such a mess that it's just not clear how somebody can apply for asylum and come over you know how do they get on a plane legally they can't get a visa so it, it's just it just makes it so it, it just seems so cruel and callous when they say oh we're we going to ship um, these people off because it's 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 to prevent these um illegal people smugglers. But it's not the people smugglers that are going to be shipped off somewhere. They're just sitting the, back somewhere, counting their money. They're not being punished. It's I, I don't understand why it's it's all being put on the poor individuals that are trying to come over. You know why aren't the poor folks of the law or whatever just going at the actual people smugglers which i'm hoping there will be more of this as Richard has put in what was it 30 million i think um into some joint task force in, in in um france so that they're trying to to improve things there but it it just i don't know i get very i get very upset about it because because we are extremely privileged we happen to have been um, born in this country through random luck of the universe um, we could you know we, we're lucky we've, we've bought been born into a country that ha- is has so many freedoms and is overall pretty prosperous etc you know and why should we deny other people having um, a better experience in their life but so that's good going, probably going a bit too
2: well yeah. on a bit too much now sorry apologies for that <laughs> no no don't worry so no I, I completely agree I mean I think obviously every government has to look at how it how it manages immigration this was an issue that you know Jackie had a dilemma she had to face when uh, she was home secretary between you know 2007 and 2009 that's just as much of a a sort of problem to manage today but I think yeah a lot of it is about the rhetoric that you use and what your aim is as a government and so I think it should be about trying to win the argument for immigration and that's why I think that are pro-immigration like me almost need to have the courage of our convictions a bit more I mean, not just relying say on the course say that they're all around the scheme is wrong so relying on the legal means but also trying to adopt a political means as well of getting our argument across I think the two have to go together.
1: I know. Um sorry, oh poor Mackie's just saying how, how gutted he is. I'm I'm good, I hopefully it'll be third time lucky if you can just try again. Um but yes, I, I think anyone that's in a bit of a dilemma uh, they should go back and listen to one of Ian's shows. Um I'm, there's probably some clip somewhere. Um uh, of where he's had um, former asylum seekers speak on his show and talked about their stories, their journeys and where they've come from. And you have to you have to see the human element of it that these are not statistics or you know, some generic group of people that people are bunching together. They're individuals with their own stories. Um and unfortunately, oh, it's too often it's negative stories that get into the press. You know there are so many uh amazing stories and um you know it, it do, I'm sure Ian will have another uh, immigration or asylum seeking section on his show at some point and they are you know tear jerking a lot of the stories. Um okay so finally sort of wrapping up in our news uh news highlights of the week Noah um and this is an area that I know you and uh and Mackie are really passionate about we've often talked about it in our little whatsapp chats um you know and I've talked about it before as well from my personal perspective of um you know where, where I first lived where I am now etc um is the general concept of leveling up um, about especially in relation to housing and to, or, or onshore wind. So tell us or, or what what's what's the particular things that's that's hit about it in the news this week, Noah?
2: Yeah, so the government were planning to hold a vote on their levelling up bill tomorrow, so the twenty eighth of November, but they've had to pull that vote. Um, and that was partially due to an amendment by Theresa Villiers, who's the MP for Tipping Barnet, and used to be uh, the Environment Secretary. Uh, and that amendment would have banned councils from looking at house building targets when they're trying to take into um, uh, when they're trying to whether to approve planning developments or not. As so it was sort of seen as a nimbiest anti-house building amendment, and it attracted the support of well over forty, nearly fifty Conservative MPs, which would have been enough to. Um, well, it wouldn't have been enough to defeat the government because I think the government can rely on Labour and the opposition parties to get the bill through but it wouldn't have looked particularly good from the government's perspective to say we have only been able to get this passed because of the opposition parties and so hence they've had to pull that vote and have a delay and it's sort of really showing the um, internal dispute uh, within the Conservative Party about their approach to house building the whole idea that people aren't going to vote Conservative if they're not homeowners and actually if you're not creating a homeowning uh, democracy from just a party perspective, that's not not very particularly good for your future. Uh, so again, it just shows sort of what are the priorities really for the country, um, because often you'll see numerous MPs posing next to pictures of uh, green fields and saying how pleased they are that they've been able to prevent development from taking place here. So it's sort of placing more value on uh, nature and nature for its own sake rather than actually um seeing nature as a space for where homes are needed uh, and to require so i don't know what the government will do next but as i say it will look brilliant for Keir Starmer if he's able to say well we're not the ones in uh office but we are in power because you're relying on us to get your votes through uh, but it will show the the weaknesses that that seen act's having to deal with yeah
1: it's it's such a dilemma and a difficult balance um you know I've I've lived in the city um I've lived in London um and other cities as well such as Bristol um so that and that's such a different experience to living in the countryside I was brought up in the countryside in tiny little village and I'm back into a little village in West Berkshire again and so you know you you appreciate your um you know, I'm looking out on a field at the moment. Um and God, you know, there's well, I know for a fact there's no way that the field opposite would ever be built on um, you know, it's it's you know, area of outstanding beauty, it's all got all those protections, etc. Um however, we need some people need somewhere to live. I was lucky enough when um my parents, first of all, they they lived in a tied house to my dad's job and then uh, when he changed job got got a council house um you know th- then they did go on under Margaret Thatchers government to buy their had the opportunity to buy their council house so it's I I know how important it is to be able to have somewhere you know but it doesn't e- it doesn't even seem that there are the opportunities at the moment I, I've got at the moment I've got an employee, who has split up, well, I shouldn't go to their details, but anyway, for whatever reasons, they need to find somewhere to rent. And in Reading, it's absolutely extortionate. In fact, one of my uh, colleagues has been saying, you, you literally have to just grab whatever comes on the market and you don't even actually have time to see them, what you're renting because otherwise uh somebody will have rented it before you you just have to just straight away put your name down and and, and book it which is um you know when i was renting when i first moved to london uh, you know yes it was you know fairly expensive and it was a lot of my uh monthly salary went on my rent but uh, I had no problem finding uh, either a flat or a a room to go and rent you know there was always options for me and it just sounds it just seems as if it's gone really extreme of of how hard I mean you've 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 just recently you've moved to um Twickenham haven't you Noah and and how how hard was it for you to find somewhere
2: Yes, yeah, so I'm based in Twickenham at the moment for the NCTJ Diploma I'm completing, which is a, a journalism qualification. Um, and that'll be finished soon. It finishes at the end of January. So it's a, a very quick course. And yeah, I had to spend a lot of time looking on Spare Room. That was a primary website I use. So I think it's where a lot of people um, look at. But yeah, it was a, a lot of time and a, a lot of hours. And as you say, um, yeah, that you have to devote a, a lot of your attention to it. And so it can be uh, it can be stressful. Yeah. So
1: uh, and and so i so i think we were all clear and i know mackie as well um you know love to get on the housing ladder further what well, further along on it um but it's just where where are these houses you know where are they going to be built or it's it's uh, i mean I, I see with some of my clients you know they do have uh land but it takes it takes a complete it takes years and years to sort out the planning permission um, and everything. It's just, it's not a quick process. Um, you need several parliaments to get through. You know, it's crazy. So, so, but so talking more specifically, we've seen lots of pictures this weekend, um, which is all part of the same thing, about, about the onshore wind farms. And we've been seeing... You know, possibly little rebellion again within the conservatives about thoughts about that. What, what, what's your thought about um, wind onshore windmills?
2: Yeah, so Simon Clark, who is briefly the levelling up secretary under Liz Truss's uh, short-lived administration, has also added an amendment to the levelling up bill, which is where there is uh, community consent, which is a a very ambiguous term, uh, that onshore wind should be allowed. And he's managed to get support of both Boris Johnson and Liz Truss for this amendment. I mean, I support onshore wind as part of a wide-ranging energy package. I think if you're trying to have a more domestic supply of energy onshore wind along with nuclear power... Um, you know, solar, tidal—that's that is all going to be a part of that. As so hence, I think you can't really object to it. Yes, you might think it's not the most, the, mo- not the most sort of aesthetically uh, pleasing, uh, you know, structures and objects in the world. Um, but then, you know so like coal fire power stations weren't particularly aesthetically pleasing people said they were a necessity you know what i mean nuclear power Indeed. might not be the best looking but it's all about um, that generation of energy and that almost to me trumps the priority and um, whether something looks particularly nice even though i'd love everything to you know look beautiful and wonderful but ultimately uh beauty is is subjective
1: so, so precisely. i don't think they look bad i mean i was saying to you earlier as you come into reading um, you've got the 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 wind. I, I keep calling them windmills. I'm, I'm I'm if whether that's the right term or not, but they look like windmills to me. Um, as you go into into Reading, you see the the windmill um, in Green Park, which is uh, they trying to be. A, you know, it's a sustainable business park. Rating, obviously, it's only electricity, etc. So uh, you know, I think it looks perfectly pleasant. And, you know, it's as long as you go along the M4, you see lots of solar fields and that as well. You know, that's a, a big generation of um of of income and in that for a lot of farmers and that now. And I don't have a problem with it really. I'm not, I'm just thinking, would I like it if it was outside? You know if there's one or two dotted around, I don't think it's I, I suppose it's how many you need, um, you know, to, to but I think it's all part of the mix. If you have it as a mix, you know, you're not always going to have wind, you're not always gonna have sun. So it's like having a mix of all these things. Um, and you know, places like industrial parks, business parks, you know, uh places that have got you know high residential what's the difference you know as you say you've got I know it's like a place in tallis what is you know, you've got going these big gas things so again don't know the technical term but you know it's you know the big round ones that go up and down and you know they're, they're not particularly pleasant to look at but I'm not sure if it was different having a nice white you know, windmill up but but um I do worry what I worry about is You know the ambiguous term you mentioned. If it ends up the areas that can afford more expensive lawyers, so it all ends up in poorer areas, and it's not. I think they do need to be fairly distributed. If we're going down that route, needs to be fairly distributed around so that it's not just you know one particular area gets the brunt of all of them. It's, It's it should you know leveling up should be about fairness to everybody um anyway I think that really so I'm really sad that we haven't got Mackie back um it's um because he's always fought, he sends us these brilliant voice notes doesn't he Noah and they're always so interesting and passionate about the things that he talks about so I'm really sad and using Mac Mackie's word gutted that he hasn't got in. But you know, never know. We we may, may do one of these again at one day. Um and hopefully when he's um at his home with his super strong internet and no problem to join. So so just to wrap up Noah, um what uh, we were going to share sort of what does the podcast mean to us because it obviously does mean a lot to the three of us it's brought the three of us together um what 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 has the podcast over the years meant
2: to you yeah i mean it's been a, a hugely significant part of my life i've listened from the uh, beginning when the podcast was first announced back in what would it be november 2017 and it's just always been a part of my routine you know i subscribe to numerous podcasts i've Shame to say I listen to more than, one, more than one podcast, more than just For The Many. Um, but For The Many is one that I'm guaranteed to listen to every week when it's released, whereas others I might not listen to as regularly or sort of catch up on over a longer period of time. And it has always been that consistent. I've always been interested to hear what Ian and Jackie think about the news and the developments in the week. Um, I like hearing the, the questions that they get asked, not least because I'm often one of the questions, one of the people whose questions they answer. Um but it's just a really uh, supportive and lovely community. And I know you weren't there, Nikki, when they held a live event at the Hippodrome back in April where Maggie oh, was no, there, I that was, a, sad to that was the there. most wonderful evening. It was on a uh, Easter Monday. And I remember in the weeks before I would just been doing some essay writing and drafting, and it was a really wonderful day to look forward to. And I went with my, um, my friend Ollie and we had the most, uh, most brilliant time there and just being amongst everyone else was fantastic. And all the sort of fan page groups and the, uh, yeah, as you say, different WhatsApp groups, different Twitter, uh, groups it's just um it's hugely friendly and i yeah i do love it when they you know when they're able to open openly have their disagreements even though they do agree on a lot it seems but are able to air their um have those debates and air their differences i think that's that's hugely important and it tries to avoid that sort of echo chamber which i find um sort of i'd find quite dull and not interesting to do they did always agree you see what i mean yeah it's usually significant and when you know if it ever does come to an end which hopefully it'll never end um yeah, my we weekends will be no it'll go on for all eternity and uh, my weekends will be very much diminished without it and yeah it's usually a significant part of my uh, my weekend routine actually a great motivator when I know I've got to work hard I think well, I'll work hard now and then I can listen to for the many of, of an evening <laughs>
1: it's your reward at the end of the day yeah exactly brilliant, brilliant. no absolutely it's it's being in echo chambers is just so dull but then again I also hate that sometimes in some of the TV programs that is a bit too sensationalist of really trying to have such opposite ends of the spectrum on arguments which is so crazy I might feel so much more comfortable in the middle ground Um, and I'm so grateful to my friend Derek who introduced me to the podcast um, at the beginning of the pandemic and to be honest I've never even really listened to podcasts before I listened to LBC um, which my husband introduced me to because he's a big James O'Brien fan sorry Ian but that's what (laughs) Alex's favourite and so so especially I was listening to LBC um, during you know whilst working and everything and then Derek mentioned this and so it was good I just remember I still remember walking around the village during lockdown um especially listening to the wednesday ones and laughing all okay and people thinking probably crazy um away to um because they, they just make it it's just so entertaining that's what i love i think why do i love this podcast it does feel like a family now you know we've we've made friends you know with with you and mackie jackie S- Says. Owen, um, Thomas, uh, uh, Liam. There's, you know, so many super fans there that, that are, you know, they're all so lovely. Oh, even Graham from Bushy. He's always, you know, he's sometimes a bit, bit, bit harsh to Jackie, but he's still really entertaining. Um, and, you know, it does make you feel, I think it's like, I think Ian said this before about with radio, it's just like having a friend there, and I do, I listen so much more to radio than I watch TV nowadays. And it's, is, it is, you do feel like you've got two friends there with Ian and Jackie, um, even though they're super busy, important people that have much more um, interesting things in their lives to deal with. But they are so, you know, they, 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 they're they sort of friends that you want to be friends with, aren't they? They're, they're interesting, they're clever they're fun you know they don't take themselves too seriously and I I just love it it's just it's the highlight of the week you know I remember in the early days and I'd be so apprehensive is one of my questions going to be asked and it was just so exciting and um and it's lovely how they do um bring the viewers bring the listeners in with them um and I just I just think they're they're just such lovely people. And I think from a political perspective, it's nice to have a home almost because, you know, I have, I voted Labour and Conservative, I am a middle of the road um, political person. I'm probably a little bit more right on economically um because i do want my taxes to be paid you know be 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 efficient and not be be create you know as an entrepreneur trying to be uh don't want all my money taken away but then again i'm also pretty socialist in some ways on you know i think we should be looking after absolutely everybody um you know i I, i am so opposite of anything conservatives are doing on 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 immigration um on uh, oh it's just so many things and it's just anyway it's, it's irrelevant of what i think but but it's just ian and jackie what they bring together is just beautiful and uh if anyone's actually managed to come to the end um you're going to be so glad to have jackie and ian back um, because they are absolute masters at what they do and they're absolutely immense and thank you so much for doing the for the many and i'm really sorry that it was corrupted this week and i really look forward to your next pod because we absolutely love them don't we now
2: yeah, yeah yeah of course I, I don't think i can add anything else i think you've said everything there and it would be yeah a brilliant note to end on
1: Okay, so and um, so, really sorry that is not here to say goodbye. He's um, in Marrakesh getting upset, but um, we will, I'm sure, bring him back in and uh, we'll do something one day, perhaps Christmas thing or something, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, thank you so much for listening to our ramblings. Um, we can't wait. To be listeners again next week, um, listening to Jackie and Ian. And um, for me, cheerio.
2: Bye bye.